What up, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Sheik Lutz, L-O-X, D-Block, Silverback Gorilla up in here. Hey, yo, Poe, what's good, fam? You know what I'm saying? Right now, we Poe politicking with my homie Poe. You heard? Poe politicking. That's, that's hard. You know what I mean? Where self-help meets hip-hop. You know what I mean? That's what it is, man. Poe was good. DJ period, just two black brothers. You know what I'm saying? We three black brothers. The Locks doing what we do, too. You know what I mean? Preserving the hip-hop culture and all that and introducing the future stars. Hey, yo, keep shining, King. You already know what it is, man. We got you over here. You do your thing over there. Shigluch, L-O-X, D-Block. Yeah, Poe Politicking. Peace. PoePolitikin.com. What's up, y'all? It's Jason Chu. I am on Poe Politicking. We're going to politic and build and connect. Let's go. Back in New York, it was back in December The photo with 30 Rock looked like a greeting from Santa Cupcakes at Magnolia always looked like a winner But I would prefer the dumplings that they serve near the Chambers Street Station Glasses on, I look at life with my lens craft Face ID, I got it like a pin pad Whitewash the girl, they told me other colors look bad I guess the yellow always remind them of witchcraft Why buy the six when they got the seven? Rest in peace to my headphone jack, I hope it's up in heaven Don't go to church no more, but I will stream the sermons Nowadays we'd rather live a meme than die a legend, yeah My life's scrolling by Highlights scrolling by I've seen myself in your eyes I feel so alive You got me tongue-tied Unravel it if you like You can tell when I Please pray for me It's been a long week and I ain't found time to feed If I disappear from this earth Was it the result of curse Or did the higher plane just open up vacancy You got me subscribed I just wanted the free Wi-Fi A fire fit and a walk along the high line A pint of cider or a cup of chamomile I'm simple in desire I don't need the second phone line The candle was a votive I used to wanna get quoted Now I just wanna learn to be devoted Fell out the line like an old notification That red numeral haunt me like a seance God bless the decimals in every algorithm The court cases that told corporations that they live in I find my space in the recycle bin And I wonder if it's true that stray dogs go to heaven Amen Tap me on the shoulder Tap me on the shoulder I'll hold you in the dark They say all we need is time all we got is us Welcome back to PolPolitikin.com Your home, your home is hip-hop Make sure you go on Spotify, we're on Apple Music, we're on Google Play Type in PolPolitikin and listen to my interviews since 2008 One, two, one, two, I'm a place to be with Jason Chu How you doing, bro? 
hey man, I'm living out here, you know, living and living and surviving and thriving one day. <laughs> so where are you from? Yeah, so I stay in uh, L.A. I actually did grow up in uh, the Northeast, though. I grew up in Delaware and Connecticut, and then uh, and then I made the move out to L.A. Uh, like seven to eight years ago. So how you got involved with hip hop? Man, I just grew up in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely, I don't know what people think about when they think Delaware. Uh, probably not hip hop, but uh, just you know, <laughs> I, don't think I know it's the smallest state, right? Or New Hampshire, Second, the smallest see, state. We not even the small Rhode Island the smallest. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, it was just growing up. You know, young kid like trying to find something to listen to, having the homies around, and uh, you know, hip hop was just naturally what we gravitated towards. Especially, you know, obviously being people of color, like wanting to have that that perspective of somebody talking from outside the system. You know, so it definitely was what I just came up with, and you know, I've had always a lot of good homies who, uh, you know brought me into the culture and all that. Yeah, I would say, so who who, um, who brought you into the culture? Yeah, so it was my boy, uh, Youssef, really. It was, okay, so it was the, the corniest way possible. It was great. It was in an AP uh, Latin class. <laughs> we, was, we was in there and we was talking about, you know, I'd always like listen to it on the radio and just, you know, always was interested and, and, and uh, just thought it was cool, right? But so I'm Chinese American. Uh, so definitely that was not, you know, it wasn't like my pops was playing Pac, you know what I'm saying, when I was coming up. Uh, but my boy Yusuf and I were chopping it up one time and he was just like, yo, man, you got to, you know, dig a little deeper because he knew I always enjoyed uh, like words and literature, you know. Um, so he put me on to Jay-Z, volume two. He put me on to Aesop Rock, Labor Days. And he put me on to, uh, what was it? It was uh, Deltron, Deltron 3030 from Del the Funky Homo Sapien. He was like, yo, man do the knowledge on these, like, like really, really dig into this. And then that's when I like really discovered, um, what Jay-Z said? Jay volume two, volume two. Okay. Okay. He put you on the wrong Jay-Z album. He should have put you on the <laughs> first. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we rewound then and then did, uh, you know, 22 twos and everything. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how he kind of really, really mentored me into it. You know what I'm saying? And then when did you start, like, rapping and stuff? So, you know, of course, like, you know, just kids do. Like, we was just always playing around, spitting, you know, during lunch times, uh, on the bus and whatever. Uh, and just, you know, just playing around. I had the composition book, you know, had the little black and white joint. But uh, for me, when I started taking it serious was really uh, when I when I got into into college. And, and the, the school I was at, we had a recording studio. So I could literally be then and wild nights. I was in there all night, just like recording, listening back, playing back, you know, jacking for beats and all that. And uh, yeah, that's that's when I really started taking it serious and, and and learning that my voice could could say something because we had a little rap group at our at our school. It was me. It was a Puerto Rican dude from uh, from Hoboken, New Jersey, and uh, and a black dude from Milwaukee. And and we was just like the hip hop heads. You I had know what I'm the, the diversity crew. <laughs> Yo, man, we had, we had a white producer. Little, a white producer. <laughs> we had our little United Colors of Benetton. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, and then you was uh, so you kind of was mentioning this too. You were saying I read your. Um, you said being an Asian American and a black rooted art form. So I want you to talk about that. Definitely, man. Definitely, like you know, I'd, I'd say that for me, so much. And and this is, I've realized 
what really got me and captivated me with hip hop, you know, from from my first listen of it was, like I said, I'd always enjoyed words and I always enjoyed, you know, storytelling. But I felt like so often, you know, the the way that that I'd seen it come about was, oh, write write an essay for for you know English class or whatever, and it was always judged up to certain standards, you know, very white standards, obviously. Um, but then you know through hip hop, through you know legends, right? Like KRS, Rakim, Wu Tang. Um, that was the first time I really saw people using words not to uh, ingratiate themselves with you know white America, uh, with you know authority figures, but to say, hey, come come to where we're at. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's to to open that door into the experience, into the community, and and that for me has really, really shaped so much of my understanding of how to move through this world as a person of color, as somebody whose experiences are often not seen as, you know, normal. And and instead of saying like, oh, I gotta make myself palatable for someone else, you know, I, I can I can learn to love myself. So I'll say that for me, seeing and understanding so much of uh, from from black artists, you know, from black culture, from black artists, it's taught me a lot about how to carry myself and move in an Asian American community. Um, and, and really even, you know, from artists that are, that are very rooted um, in understanding blackness that pushed and, and, and uh, sharpened me in saying, do I even understand what it means to be Asian American? You know, there's 150 years of our community and culture. And um, where you get that 150 that, from? So 150 uh, comes from the first uh, Chinese indentured servants uh, showed up in America in the 1870s, right? And and this is why, because uh, it was right right after the Emancipation Proclamation, they were building the railroads ac- across the country, and now they didn't have this, you know, exploitable labor source from Black folks. So that's actually how the first major wave of Asian immigration came over was they said, yo, you know, we, we can't get people to work for free from us from over here. So we're just going to look to the other ocean. Uh, so, th- so that's where, that's where kind of the Asian American story starts. Mm. Okay. And then even like, I know, uh, cause I was, I was watching your, uh, video history and you mm-hmm. were talking about like the injustice, but I've been saying my homie, man, he, uh, he's Japanese. And he was telling me, I guess it's kind of like every race, but he was telling me like sometimes the Japanese would beef against the Chinese or Koreans would beef against. So he's like, y'all got your own. Well, every race do too, but y'all got your own and stuff like that going on too, right? Oh, Why definitely, definitely. Yeah, man. I mean, because so this is something that I talk about a lot uh, with my Asian Americans, right? Is that the difference between race and ethnicity? You know what I'm saying? Where like you know, I know like in in the uh, in the black community, right? For example. We do um, light skin, dark skin, then the Africans beef against the real, the blacks here. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I grew up, my best friend growing up was Nigerian, right? And so, yeah, so in, in the same way that like, the way that like Africans and, and you know, descendants of slaves uh, have certain, you know, frictions, uh, it's, very, it's very similar ethnically for, you know, a lot of our people. Like, I mean, even for me, right? Like the Chinese were wild imperialistic uh, all across Asia. And so, so, and then the Japanese, right? During uh, sort of that, <laughs> you blazing too strong right now, man. No. <laughs> ain't the right one, huh? 
Alright, we good. Fuck <laughs> All good, man. Sorry, y'all. That's how people y'all know it's real. It. That's how yeah. people know it's real. <laughs> Alright, we back. Yeah, but you know, as 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 in any group, right? There's gonna be internal tensions. There's gonna be some bad blood from the history. Um, but for me, also one thing that I that I really try to push and advance in a lot of this pan Asian racial consciousness is. You know, whatever happened in, in the old country, in the old continent, um, once you get here, they see us all as the same. You know, so you could be, and, and we see this right now, right? We see this right now where you can be Vietnamese and your country was literally colonized by others, right? Or, or you can be Korean and the Koreans have a lot of uh, tension with Japanese and Chinese, but you come to America and if you know, there's a certain narrative against China, like there is right now. You see Korean cats getting, you know, blamed, getting attacked, getting assaulted uh, for something that China did. So to me, this pan-ethnic racial consciousness is super important for Asian Americans to push because, you know, we got to stick together and we got to we gotta push that common struggle forward. Yeah, but I, was, I noticed one thing, because like me, uh, I worked in biotech for like 15 years. So mm-hmm. I know like, far as like with jobs it's like like i guess like i want to say white people like they view agents as smart and then i i saw agents have a lot of jobs like especially in biotech it was like most of the people working in biotech now are asians yeah yeah so is that i mean is that like a is that a true statement like y'all don't have really problems with like jobs and stuff like that do we like getting jobs and stuff like that because that's like something we go through like we it's hard for us to get jobs like does y'all go through that yeah so i think like a lot of it, like there's definitely areas that we're overrepresented in right now. And that's, you know, that's for certain reasons. One of those reasons is actually because uh, of racism. And what I mean by that is the kinds of Asians that they'll let into the country, right? The people who will wind up here getting visas or, or who are able even to come over and bring their families over was very, very restricted and limited. Um, so you're not actually seeing the cross section of Asian America there. You're seeing the ones that Literally, they're taking, you know, the cream of the crop from China or from Taiwan or from Korea, and they're letting them in. But but there's others that aren't. Um, but the flip side of it, too, is the Asians you don't see. Right. And and so the consciousness about Asian-Americans is very much focused on like Chinese and Koreans and Japanese. But 40 percent of Asian-Americans are brown and are brown and dark skinned. Yeah, I was about actually about to say that because I would say my boy, uh, he's he's Filipino. And I saw some pictures of Filipinos. They darker than me. Look just like me. I saw them pictures. And then he was like, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a different name for them. But he said, yeah, they're out there. So you never see those people. Exactly, right? And and so I always talk about uh, the pieces of Asian America that people often don't see. Um, because it's like, uh, you know, you think about the Hmong, uh, which a lot of people don't know about, right? The, but but now, um, the, uh, the Hmong... And the, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people know about the Cambodians, right? A lot of people know about Cambodians um, because they're seen as like hood Asians. And so yeah, this, I, I would this, say they, um, I got Cambodian friends and they, they actually refer to themselves like as the black Asians. Exactly. Right. And, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. And, and, and so the thing is, right, like this narrative of like, yo, Asians are smart. Asians are successful. Asians got good. Like, you know. Upper middle class jobs. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Until you realize, like, for example, Cambodians actually, um, they got one of the lowest high school graduation rates in America. 
mm. um, you know, the Hmong, uh, which are this, you know, sort of tribe from Southeast Asia, they actually have some of the like lowest per family income in the country. And then when the narrative is just like, oh, yo, you know, Asian, like, uh, like YG says on the record, like, you know, yo, we go flocking at Asian houses because, you know, they don't put their money in banks. Mm, um, <laughs> like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's is there's that some true? truth to that. I mean, you know, I'm 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 not gonna divulge the family secrets, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But, <laughs> but I mean, but, uh, but even even with that too, it's a lot of black people don't put their money in banks, and I mean, the reason is because white people took it. <laughs> so, so, so it's like, <laughs> like shit, why you gonna put your money in the bank if that shit? Your your great grandma had all this money in the bank, and they just took it out the bank, so they don't forget. I don't blame them. I mean, we saw what happened in '08, right? We we, yeah. we saw what happened and who suffered. Um, but so so what I really you know encourage you know so those stereotypes you're talking about there's some truth to them but it's a selective truth you know what i'm saying just just like the stereotype yo you know all blacks are good at you know ball and rapping 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 and dance so good (laughs) that's the main one i know that ain't true just the rapping (laughs) i know a lot of black people can't rap and that's and that's like a cool at first, it's cool. It's like, oh, if you're black, then you're popping. But then you realize that 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 shit is based in actually slavery. That shit is based in the valuation of black bodies for their ability to entertain, their ability to perform for the white gaze. And you're like, yo, I don't know if that's really a compliment. You must or be a teacher is or it? Something. Huh? You must be a teacher. Nah, I just try to stay stay informed. You know what I'm right. saying? You know, little, you know some shit. I see you. <laughs> you know your history really well. And then I, Bro, when I, you was yeah. when you was talking, I, I was thinking about hip hop, and I was thinking like how hip hop kind of like works with all cultures. But then I was thinking you can actually say the same thing about martial arts when you look at Very it. Very true. Yeah, kind of. Because I, I was thinking that's like when I think like like yeah, I said that kind of opens the door for everybody. And then I say even if I look, you like early films like Bruce Lee, he was always working with black people. He had a Bro, lot of Bruce, black students. He had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Remember, he had a lot of black students he was working with. Bruce's first American student was a black dude. Uh, it was a black dude who said he'd faced racial violence. And Bruce was like, that's not right. I'm going to, like, teach you up to make sure that, like, you know, you, you're able to, like, confront certain situations. Um, so that's, man, that's, there's a, there's a, I, I don't know if you, did you see that uh, ESPN 30 for 30? No. Nah. Uh, like Water? No. Nah, they just, uh, yeah, it's, it's powerful, man, because you realize, like, Bruce was our Muhammad Ali. That's 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 really who he was for for our community. You know, not just not just he wasn't our Floyd Mayweather. He was our Muhammad Ali. But I'm saying, why you say Muhammad Ali? Because Muhammad Ali went to jail and shit like that. So did Bruce go through stuff like that? So uh, people are like, "Yo, Bruce was popping in America, right?" Uh, yes and no. So what actually happened, right? So Bruce was in America. Uh, he did his thing. He faced so much racism on the job trying to break through in Hollywood. He actually had to go back to Hong Kong and then pop off there before coming back to America. Mm. Um, So he did, you know, and now everyone loves him. But in the same way, it's that sanitized narrative. You know what I'm saying? It's that it's that. Oh, he was. It's the same thing they do to MLK. Yeah, it's what they're they're like. uh, It's what they're doing to Kaepernick. I already see it. Like 20 years from now, Kaepernick going to be like the hero. Like they gonna love him, but it's like, how are y'all doing him now? <laughs> like even uh, Ali, like Ali, you know how he was all mm-hmm. shaking and shit. Ali wouldn't mm-hmm. have been like that if y'all didn't take his fucking championship away from him in all those years he couldn't fight. 
So then he trying to keep fighting to get that money back. Now he's like all slow and messed up and shit. And that's because of y'all. <laughs> but then Ali's a hero. But y'all look like y'all did him. But he's a no, hero. You see, I, I was just reading. Uh, it looks like they're going to let uh, Cap try out. It looks like they're going to let him do the tryouts uh, in July. Man, but that shit ain't, I don't know. To me, it's like, bro, you already took like two, three of his years. So it's like, yeah. No, I feel, I, I say that, I say that to agree with you. I say that to agree with you because now they're trying to revise the narrative, right? Now yeah. Roger Goodell, even, you know, motherfucking Trump, um, be like, oh, he should get a shot. Like, you can tell they're trying to twist the narrative and say, oh, we was always behind him. Just blah, blah, blah. Didn't want. But no, we we remember, right? And and that's that's, you said history. That's why history to me is wild important. Because if you forget history, you're gonna buy into the bullshit. Yeah, because you know, we it's remember like, it's history. But then, if you don't know your history, it's his story. <laughs> if you don't know your history, yeah. So it's like, like people, like go into people the, uh, that was there. That's the now. real history. But then it's like media always portray it how they want to portray it. Media is always, you know, number one is the one telling the story. And that's not really the story, the story all the time. Man, and that's why again, like, uh, it goes back to my, you know hip-hop culture, man, because hip-hop culture has always presented the alternative narrative. You know, I remember Pusha T has the line, he said, I was in the kitchen with a sketch of Michael Frey Salters. <laughs> and like, you know, all this, you know, even uh, Dave Chappelle in, in the last, you know, uh, the piece of content he put out a couple weeks ago when he was talking about Christopher Dorner. And I think people people forgotten about Christopher Dorner, but you know, uh, I, I don't know how, I, I won't assume um, your age range, but I, I remember Dorner, man. I remember oh, when yeah, he yeah. was, you know, doing his thing and and people people try to erase that but but we remember that's that's why we tell these stories right okay and then how would you describe your style as an MC? as an MC, um definitely poetic definitely you know kind of uh i would say low-key lyrical you know i'm i'm not a i'm not a jadakiss i'm not a fab i'm but you know i try to very storytelling very very lyrical very relaxed um just trying to bring people into a space where you know their hearts can open up a little bit because i think especially you know right now but but really always um it's, you know they're gonna do a versus right jd kiss and fab yeah i saw that i just yeah. saw that i think that's why they're in my head right now yeah and it's it's wild funny right because they just did the uh the john legend and and uh alicia yeah yeah Man, that Versus series is really popping off. Man, we, we got some. I think what we finna do, it's like, you know, we underground, but I think what we doing is going to be better because we're doing an indie rap battle. So it's okay. basically like artists I interviewed, but it's yeah. like uh, you pick a song, they pick a song, and then somebody, like we got three we got three voters. So somebody votes on it, then you go to the next round. Because what I don't like about Versus is, and even all these rap battles now, it's like they quit voting. It's like, man, y'all got to mm -hmm. vote. Mm -hmm. That's the part they messing out. Like, vote. I, I miss that. Vote. I miss the judge battles. Yeah. yeah. They, they, keep, they keep, like, now he's like, oh, it's just all in fun. Like, man, that's just a concert then. That ain't no damn battle. <laughs> y'all ain't voting. If ain't nobody winning, then it's just a concert. To me. Yeah. Although I know sometimes, you know, I mean, like, obviously, like, you know, you look at a loaded Lux, you're like, oh, he washed him. But yeah. you know, it's 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 not always I'm yeah, like, leaving it, it up to popular. Was that opinion. always like that? Because I remember back in the day, they was like even on the battles, they used to vote. Like, when did they get away from voting in the battles? I'm saying straight in the straight up battles. When did they get away from? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I think I think it was like because you know I got I I definitely got my because uh, so like you know shout outs to MC Jin right like that's that's one of our like you shout know, out to China Mac. Shout out to China <laughs> Mac. You know, and I and I know that they've uh, you know they've they've resolved their little tension. Yeah. Um. 
but you know like definitely uh being a fan of battle culture i remember it was i think like 2012 2013 right when kind of when they they stopped doing it freestyle and when they stopped doing it uh over the beats yeah cause i'm like that shit like now man that's like i mean the battles are actually better now but they took that part out of it so it's like <laughs> man, you can't have nothing like it's, it's weak so uh describe your creative <laughs> process when you're making music yeah man i always you know i just i guess when i'm just making to make stuff i just love getting in with my producers and and catching vibes you know i think that it's always got to come from a place of of real real feeling you know real feeling real authenticity so i love just locking in with some of the homies who make beats and and seeing what comes out in the moment you know so i'm definitely a writer i'm definitely somebody who you know enjoys crafting crafting songs and records but for me recently what it's really been is just listening to music and you know in the studio playing through beats or or, or if i'm up with one of my my instrumentalists um listening to things until something captures where I'm at in that moment and then writing from there. Um, because, you know, I always want to come from a place of, of authenticity and being able to offer really, you know, my full self. So, so that's what it's been recently, but I'm definitely a writer, definitely somebody who likes structuring, structuring his shit. You mean like you got a project called Living Room? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That just dropped uh top of this month. You want to talk about it? Yeah, man. Um, so living room. So the funny thing about living room actually is uh, we did that whole thing. We had it all ready to go a little over a year ago, um, but then we shelved it. We were like, you know, because it's very, very relaxed. It's definitely music to kind of let loose some of the tension, you know. Um, Let me say, uh, already the song I like the most. I only heard a little bit of it, but the song that kind of caught my eye, and I want you to send me that song, is that uh, that uh, chill hop one. I like, I don't like chill hop, man. Chill hop is hard. So exactly. See, like that's, because that was our whole vibes when we was making that. Because that record started, um, so I was back in Delaware, uh, moving my parents out of the house that I grew up in, right? Like 26 years they lived in that house. And then they were like, you know what? You and your sister are gone. Forget this house. <laughs> so they, they, you know, moved to a better situation for them. Um, and I was lying there in my childhood bedroom just kind of looking at the posters on the wall, all my furniture is gone. And I was just, you know, feeling, feeling that moment. So like I said, it, it came out of that moment. I started writing uh, some verses and some records right then. And then, you know, we, we built this whole very nostalgic, very chill feeling record off of the strength of that. Uh, but it was, you know, summer 2019, nobody was trying to just chill out. Everybody was, you know, getting real trapped out, getting real energetic, getting real loud. And and so we shelved it. We said, you know, it's not really the right moment in, in the world right now. Uh, but then at the very top of quarantine, I was talking to my team and we were saying there was supposed to be another EP that was going to come out with my with my crew. Um, but the vibes were those like turn up mosh pit type energy. And we were saying, man, everybody's just stuck in quarantine right now in their living rooms. It's It's the time, you know, to give people something that they can just sit and vibe to. And, and kind of let out that tension. So, so that's where that's where that record came from. And it's just, you know, some things for people who who need to rest and refresh, and and sit around and feel feel a little bit of what's pent up inside and let it go. So, what you what you what's next for you after this? Yeah. Uh, so next we got a we got a series of like online house concerts that we're trying to throw based around this living room concept. 
you know, everybody, um, everybody's stuck at home or, or, you know, at least a lot of the people who are, who are really trying to listen to science, I think are, are kind of sitting around at home. So we're trying to throw that series. I got a couple of collabs coming out with some other artists and, and really what it is though, is just kind of continuing to push this message of like, yo, let's take care of our community. Let's take care of ourselves. You know, mental health is, is a big message for me, especially for people of color, um, wanting to make sure that, you know, people are just doing that self-care, even if we're stuck at home. Self-care like what? Self-care like, you know, sometimes it's okay to turn off the phone. Sometimes it's, you know, okay to meditate. Sometimes, you know, instead of thinking about uh, what our lives were like back then, just just embracing the moment, being meditative, being reflective. All right, now I was checking out this post. So what are some of your interests outside of music? Uh, outside of music, man, I'm, I'm really into streetwear. I'm really into like young independent streetwear designers. Um, there's, there's this cat down in North Carolina, um, this, this, uh, this young black designer that I'm really messing with. His, his thing's called, uh, Vautour, V-A-U-T-O-R. And, uh, and there's this other, this other collective out of Chicago called Hidden Characters. Uh, that's this Filipino dude and this Taiwanese girl. And, uh, I just really, I love, um, I love, I love people who are making dope culture and I love to, to keep up on that, especially when it's not corporate, you know, what that mean? when what it's not do? top down. Hmm? What, so what, how are you involved with that? What do you do? You talking about you buy the clothes or what? Man, I just, I just look online for dope shit and, and buy it, patronize it, share it, connect with them, you know, try to, try to, I, I feel like, especially right now, right? I think in the last, I mean, hip hop has always been about fashion, right? But I think definitely in the last like 10 years, um, you know, you could point to Kanye. Um, and I think that there's been a lot of hip hop artists and hip hop fans who are really into like design in general um, yeah, but, and just getting inspired, you know? I think still one of my favorites, like far as with the fashion, and he's might, mm. he might be overlooked, but he's really fly when he, and he's always been fly, it's AZ. So I've been asking a lot of the uh, guests, how can, what's a good way to flip a G right now? Right now? I was just talking to the homie about this. He's an entrepreneur. We're thinking right right now, right now, just, just hold that money. But uh, 2021, everybody, like all the things that got postponed this year are really going to be popping off. So if you got the photo booth business, if you got the wedding business, um, just anything, you know, that like is going to come back in full vengeance i feel like it's time to definitely he and i were talking about like trying to buy up like wedding supplies and shit and just hold them somewhere wedding supplies like what like i don't like uh like them uh them bows you put on the chairs you know what i'm saying like like holding oh, chairs oh because people probably ain't getting married don't well, not probably having weddings right now huh yeah people not having weddings right now and i feel like uh like a lot of companies are going out of business, right? Because they're all like, they all had hella shit cancel on them. So we were actually just talking about, uh, you know, with some of the stimulus money, trying to, uh, you know, get a little side hustle. So that, that to me is, is, is where the future's at. What are you talking about with the bows? You talking about buying them, then reselling them? Or like, what you talking about doing with the bows and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, buy low, sell high. So I feel like right now, all of those types of things are, are kind of not popping. I just saw this other... Dude, on this one Facebook group, he was like, 
uh, he's he's um like a fly fisher, and he was like, "Yo, people are really really getting into fishing right now because that's something you can do solo." So, you know, any anything that people can do on their own right now, I think there's a lot a lot popping off. Yeah. Okay. And then give us an interesting story that happened in your life. Interesting story that happened in my life. Um, man, where where do we where do we begin? Um, let's see. I think one of definitely one of the craziest times uh, for me. Okay, so this is how I started a rap crew in China. Um, so I was I was in China. So I'm Chinese American. I grew up speaking only English at home uh, because you know that's just just sort of what my parents. You know, they're both very fluent in English and all that. So I was studying abroad in order to learn Chinese. And I was walking through a Chinese like shopping mall one time. And I had on this vape, this like cotton candy camo, like crew neck kind of joint. And then I hear some dude go, oh shit, what is that? Where you get that? And it was this Chinese dude, this chubby Chinese dude with tats and dreadlocks. And he <laughs> was uh, selling the matching uh, zip up hoodie. And so we just started chopping it up. Cause this was this was a little while ago, so this was when uh, hip hop wasn't really popping in China the same way. So when you saw somebody who dressed a certain way, you were like, "Oh, who are you?" And and he was like, "Yo, man, you know what do you do?" I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm a student and I'm a rapper." He was like, "Well, me too." So literally, it was like the most hip hop iconic scene, except it was in this like Chinese shopping mall in the middle of Beijing, and he threw on a beat and he was like freestyling in Mandarin, and I was freestyling in English. It was like, "Yo, man, you should." come to my studio. And I was like, all right, bet. And I was like, yo, this dude's definitely going to kill me or like steal my <laughs> shit. But, but I, we went to the studio. We recorded like three songs that day. It was like, yo man, co come over this weekend. I was like, all right, fuck it. You haven't, you know, molested me yet. So I, I came, you know, I, I popped, popped back up at, at his, uh, so this dude, he sell, he was like, so he had like the Nike dunks straight from the factory, the dunk SBs. He had the like, you know, the Japanese only Levi's and he was selling it to this little like hip hop community in Beijing. And so he was like, yo man, let's go to a show. So we went to a show and we like freestyled on stage and just like kept in touch. And, uh, you know, I, I, we, I went back to the States, back to school and, uh, we keep in touch on messenger. And then I went back and, uh, and in that year that I was away, he'd started like based on the records, he put out a CD with the records that we made. And when I went back, it was like shows and and there was like, you know, I I was studying during the week and then all weekend I just disappear and go off living the rapper life in like studios and fucking like underground, like eight mile looking shows. And uh and it all came because I was wearing this this vape cotton candy joint. So you know what I'm saying? Like the culture recognizes. So what is he doing now? He's actually living in Japan, still doing reselling. So, so he cops shit in Japan and sells it in China, vice versa. And uh, he's actually, uh, if you know, if you've heard of uh, 88 Rising, uh, you know, Rich Brian's label and Higher Brothers and all those guys. Um, he's actually, I think, doing some work with them too. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he's active still. That's, that's my boy, Paco. All right. Then what would you like to say to your fans and supporters? To the fans, like, just thank you. You know, like, I never, never, never in my life, man, did I think that, as a Chinese kid growing up in Delaware, I would ever get to have a voice the way I do and uh, to have a voice and a platform. And, you know, when I put out a record, some people take note. I'm just thankful and grateful. And I'm really excited to keep making more, 
more shit that comes from the heart for for people to to receive. All right, man. Um, anybody just not hearing about you through this interview, why should they go follow you, and check you out? You know, I think that definitely, definitely, uh, like like this whole interview. You know, I think I come from a very informed perspective. Uh, I got my my motto is fear is easy, but hope is real. And you know, I think there's a lot of fear in the world right now. There's a lot of fear in people's hearts. Um, and if we're trying to build a better future, you know, I think that that my music can give people a little bit of that injection of, you know, let's let's work together, let's build something beautiful together. So you know, if if you're down for that, you know, I would love to be the soundtrack to that. All right, bro. I want to say thanks for coming through politicking with me. What's your yeah, social, man? What's your social media and everything? Yeah, everything, everything, everywhere is Jason Chu Music. Jason C H U Music. You know, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, email, website. You know, just just get at me. You know, if there's anything that uh, that you want to talk about further, if there's anything that you disagree with and, and you want to yell at me, uh, let's let's hash it out. What's up, everybody? This is Poe from PoePolitikin.com. I'm, I'm into wholesale real estate. I did an online course, and I thought it was pretty cool, so I want to share it with y'all. The name of the course is called the Varsity Class, and it's an online course that will teach you the tools to become a real estate investor. This course will show you everything you need to know about wholesaling properties and real estate that can potentially earn you $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 or more. So you can make a lot of money in this wholesale real estate. This is a good course to get you... Uh, Get your foot in the door so you can change your life today. And the link is bit.ly backslash pole homes. So bit.ly backslash pole homes with an S. So thank you. Check it out. I'll holla. Thanks for listening to Pole Politicking. Like I said, this is Self Help Meets Hip Hop. 
try to interview the artists or whoever I'm interviewing, just try to get a little bit more than just the music or just entertainment. Try to get some, some stuff that you can use in your life that they're saying. And this is, uh, like they say, I got it out the mud. So 2008, we started it and been doing it this whole time. So I appreciate all the listeners we have, all my loyal listeners that stay, stay down and listen to every episode. And so if you want to be a guest, make sure you got some fox. I want some heat. But you can contact me at polepoliticking at gmail.com. Yeah, if you want to be a guest, hit me up. And also, make sure you check out the store. We sell merch, rappertshirts.com. Rappertshirts.com. So I got the polepoliticking merch on there. Got rapper t-shirts. Got men's fashion, women's fashion. Got cool stuff on there. Anybody, you know, you want to make donations, you just like what you hear. You're like, it's cool. I want to support this. Keep going. Because, you know, it takes money to build this and keep growing it. It's a cash app, dollar sign, Politic, and that's P-O-P-O-L-I-T-I-C-K-I-N. I appreciate that, or PayPal, Demo. It's always Politicking. And we also look for sponsors. So if you have a book, you have an album you're about to come out with, you're a record label, you're a magazine, anybody that has something they're trying to promote, let me know. You can email me at polepoliticking at gmail. And we can work something out, work out a deal. But yeah, I'm looking for sponsors, so hit me up. And I appreciate all the support. And I'll see you next episode. Ahala. Popolitikin.com.